Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and I'm sitting here with Tom Dorian, Hello, sidekick, Deacon Jeff. wingman. How you doing? I'm doing great. I am filled with the spirit today. We are filled. You know what's cool about this place? Yeah. You never know what's going to roll in. Yeah, blow in. Blow in. There you go. That's right. Uh, perfect. Right. And perfect. so, and so, blowing in today as a as a spirit filled guy. Yes. Peter Herbeck. He's been with us before, and yes. uh, we welcome Peter back. Peter is the vice president and the director of missions for Renewal Ministries. Peter, it's welcome. Great to be back. Thank you very much. Man, that's so exciting. The coffee must be good because we get some oh, yeah. people that come back. Yeah. Right? yeah, the coffee's good. The food is okay, but and yeah, the, co- coffee's and the company's good. so-so. Yeah. All right, well, we'll have to cook him up something. Get our get our yeah. head chef. Uh, Father to work ben. On, yeah, Father Ben to work on something, make him something special. <laughs> there you go. Right, promise he won't spit in it or whatever because he just dissed our food. But that's a whole other story and a whole other show. <laughs> but today I thought, you know, there's a lot of folks out there who are listening, Peter, who might, who might be kind of uh, under the impression that all that we read in the Bible and all these stories that they've been told as children and maybe they've seen movies and we've heard these stories, that really that when it comes to God, when it comes to um, – Maybe not so much God, but really like the devil. You know, is he real? Is there really a devil? Mm-hmm. And do I really have to worry about that devil? Because a lot of people can convince themselves, I think, that it's sort of all up to us and what we do uh, in this world, that we're really the ones that drive everything. And you can rely on God, but really God wants you to do all this stuff. And But then there's not really a devil. And mm-hmm. we get confused a lot. And we yeah. can convince ourselves there's nothing to worry about. The, de- the supernatural is denied more and more all the time. And you, you consider kind of a kook if you believe in stuff like that. You're yeah, little, no. Little, I mean, there's television goofy. shows that like go goofy. through well, proving all the things that, that may have – all those Bible stories – or really just scientific phenomena that can be proven. Here's facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that Jesus walked on water. Yeah, but there were flash freezes, mm-hmm. you know, on the water. Yeah. So actually he stood on the ice or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people are, are driven by having to have things proved to them. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, then, so th- which takes something out of the supernatural, puts it in the natural, doesn't it? Yeah, and, I th- you know, the, for us, the, the starting point for believing in the existence, the reality of the devil, is Jesus himself. Jesus talked a lot about the devil. And uh, he warned the apostles. He, he described him. He said, the devil is a murderer. Mm. He's a liar. That's right. He's a, he was a liar, fr- liar from the beginning, yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. said. And Jesus is very clear about it. And uh, at one point, there's this beautiful passage I was, uh, I've been reading a lot over and over again in the last year from uh, John's Gospel. Jesus is, it, I just personally find it an amazing scene. He's sitting there at the end of the day with the 12. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've spent almost three years with him. And they probably just had a day of ministry. They're tired and looking around. And, and he looks at him. He said, I'm not going to be with you much longer. And then he says, the, the ruler of this world, the devil, is coming after me. Now imagine that. And this is, Jesus is saying, he's, this is what's coming, you guys. He's coming after me. But I, but I want you to know before everything unfolds, Jesus said he has no hold on me. He has no power over me. So what's going to happen I'm going to allow to have happen. All right? Don't be afraid. And then the next line he says, I will do, I do whatever the Father commands me to do because I want the whole world to know 
that I love the Father. I think that's just an amazing, amazing verse. What's the most intimate desire of Jesus' heart? What's his passion? What moves him? Why was he willing to go to Calvary? Why, you know, Paul tells us that the devil would have known what God had planned in Christ Jesus on Calvary. He never would have crucified the Lord of glory because he cut his own throat. Yeah. So uh, Jesus knew, in First John, John said very clearly, Jesus came to make war on the devil. First John chapter 3, verse 8. So the apostles, St. Peter. Just today I was with some friends. We happen to be talking about this passage from the Gospel of Luke. Right. Where Jesus is looking at Peter. And what does he say? You guys probably remember that, don't you? What did, what did Jesus say to Peter? Do you remember? To turn and strengthen your brothers. Right. But prior to that, he said what? He said, Simon, Simon, the devil, just like Jesus said the devil was coming after him, he's coming after you, basically, is what he said to him. Which is and he's, scary. Yeah. And he's going to sift you like wheat. Mm. But I've prayed for you. Don't be afraid. You know, when you when you get through this now, I want you to strengthen your brother. So here's Jesus, conscious from the beginning of his ministry of who he was up against. What happened after he got baptized in the Jordan? Right? The beginning of Jesus' ministry. He goes into the desert. What happens? The devil comes to tempt him. Right. He goes, he goes right to war. What, did, for, what does John the Apostle tell us in his first letter? Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. What is he talking about? You know, the, Jesus calls him the prince of this world. And what has Jesus come to do? He's come to break powers, the world, the power of the world, not the beautiful, glorious mountains right. and trees, but the dimension of the world we live in that's fallen, that's broken, that resists God, that loves perversion and all the rest. That's a power that's at work against us. Another power is the flesh, right. not the skin on my, right, not my skin on my body. The flesh is a dimension of my interior life that resists the will of God. That's right. Not my will be done, not your will be done, but my will be done. And the third was the devil, the world, the flesh, the devil. And the devil manipulates the world and the flesh to enslave the human race through the fear of death. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, Paul tells us it's the devil's strategy to enslave the human race through the fear of death. But Peter, don't you think that more and more people, the reason why it seems like this world's getting just more and more off its hinges and just crazy and upside down and backwards is that fewer and fewer people really believe in a devil, that believe that is, there is really a devil? Yeah, I think the larger problem is fewer and fewer people are believing in God. Yeah. And so what happens is, you know, the light, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. Jesus is the light. What does he mean by that? He's, 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 what, he's opened the eyes of the human race to the fundamental realities of life. Where have I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? What is God? What is God like? How can I know God? What is the devil? Who is the devil? How Jesus read the human heart. Here's what's inside you. And, and he's revealed the truth about God, the truth about man. Of course, it's perfectly revealed on the cross. The face of God, the face of man, the face of sin. And the hatred of the devil for Christ is right there on the cross. And so Pope Benedict XVI put it this way. He said that today, in vast areas of the world, the faith is in danger of dying out, like a, fa like a flame which no longer mm -hmm. has fuel. He said, uh, man is pushing God from the human horizon. And when man, who has free will, resists God and God's revelation, the light goes away. Because when you push God, who is light, from the horizon, what do you have? You have darkness. Right. And man loses, he said, as a result, the humanity is losing its bearings. 
And it's just like Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, Paul says the wrath of God is coming against those who by their arrogance suppress the truth about God and refuse to acknowledge God and refuse to give him thanks. And so the recent popes have reminded us this is the fundamental human struggle. This is the fundamental spiritual battle. Right. And behind that spiritual battle, very clearly the Gospels teach, Jesus teaches it, and the apostles all taught it, is the great enemy of the human race who is seeking to destroy eternal creatures, to enslave them, and Jesus has come to free them. And to free them, he had to break the back and the power of the devil, which he did on the cross, and make it possible for you and I to be brought in right relationship with God. So it's part of the devil's strategy to poo-poo the, tra- the supernatural, to poo-poo e- the existence of God, but even himself. Right. He loves to hang out. He, he loves to hide. He loves to work in stealth until the time comes when he's going to enthrone himself as the Antichrist. You know, right. he's going to throne his... And it's going to happen. So um, for each of us as Catholics... We are our awareness, our belief in the reality. The devil comes right from the teaching of Jesus, the whole Bible, but the teaching of Jesus and the apostles and the whole tradition of the church and the saints. I mean, St. Francis, my favorite saint. I mean, he just the devil worked him over a few times. Again, Peter, I look at this and now, by the way, I believe you. Yeah, you, know, he's, but he's, you can pretend you don't for the sake of the radio <laughs> just, show. Okay. Right. Well, I'll pretend I'm Tom for a second. Tom doesn't believe you. I no, believe you. No, so we're talking really, someone listening who might be thinking things like, uh, you know, I, I'm very uh, spiritual but not religious. Yeah. Right? And, and I believe in a God or I believe in some great being or, or, or creator or whatever, but I just can't go for this thing, this idea that in my life right now there's someone who's vying for my individual soul. Yeah, you know, the devil, the devil and, the, and demons are like rats and they like to cling to garbage. You know, <laughs> how rats cling to garbage. And in us, in our life, one of the ways that we can, we can become exposed to the work of the devil more explicitly is by saying yes to sin and saying yes to serious sin. Like mm-hmm. things through pornography. I've prayed over people, guys who've been deeply enslaved in pornography. And once you, you open your soul to that more and more. And you start step you give, by step, right? Small steps. And right. they lead to these big, horrible right. leaps off a cliff. And de- you give the devil permission to squat on your land. Yeah. He's not going to just come in and control your life. He can't do that. But if you exercise your freedom toward the lie, the father of lies is going to have more power over your life. You know, and I told a story recently at a conference of when I was about 20, I was rooming with a guy, a good guy, a friend I knew for a long time. But in essence, he he was a guy who was resisting. uh, He was raised Catholic, but he stopped going to church. He resisted, you know, wanting to know more about the faith. He was dating a gal. It was out of order. It was a situation. He's doing stuff he shouldn't have been doing. And uh, in the context of it, he just slowly, as he turned his back on Lord, he just got, he got into a darker and darker place until one night he just said to me, uh, you know, out of the blue, he just said to me, hey, man, is the devil real? And I said, yeah, the devil's real. And, it, and at that point, had you been talking to him a little bit about some of this stuff? And I tried. We were rooming together in an apartment in the summer in college, and I tried kind of evangelizing him gently. Right. And, you know, he's a smart guy. He was an academic All-American. He was captain of the football team, all that kind of stuff. And we knew each other, but he basically told me pretty directly, I don't want to talk about it. Just back off, you know. Mm -hmm. And he was big, so I backed off, you know. So (laughs) the 
and then during and then I I loved him. And he we liked each other a lot. We had a lot in common, and so we had a good summer together. But I would regularly pray. I had my friends praying for him and stuff, and fasting. You and were working in the background, also, right? Trying to be God stealth. Trying background. to be stealth. Yeah, I had no idea the darker side of what was going on in him at the level. I knew he was opening himself up to things he shouldn't have. But to my great surprise, the night he asked me the question if the devil's real, where it ended up coming to, was oh wait, hold on. I don't want to go there yet. Okay. I don't want to go there yet. In fact, I want to hold people over for the break. because oh, man. Yeah, I know. Okay. Because this sounds like a good story. And so I want yeah. to get more into this story on the other side of this break. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we have a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email. Send that to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And if you want to hear the end of that story, we'll be right back. And this is another great moment in church history. Since the earliest days of the church, Mary, the mother of Jesus, has been a shining example of perfect Christianity and inspiration to believers throughout the world. After the course of her life here on earth was completed, Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven. For nearly two millennia now, she has demonstrated her intense motherly love for us all and her willingness to intercede to Christ on our behalf, offering comfort to those plagued by pain and sorrow. Take the case of a young African girl born in the Darfur region of southern Sudan in the early 1800s. We don't know her real name because she was bought and sold so many times that even she did not know her true identity. Her Muslim captors, who kidnapped her at age seven, named her Bakita. After many torturous years in slavery, marked by hard labor, unspeakable brutality, and even human branding, Bakita ended up in the hands of an Italian gentleman in the Sudan who took her back as a slave to Italy. She served as a house mother to a girl who was being taught by nuns. As she interacted with the sisters and followed along with the child's schoolwork, she felt drawn to the Catholic faith. She found hope in the teachings of the church, but as importantly, aid and comfort in the protective love of the Blessed Mother. Just a few years later, the Italian courts freed her. For the first time since age seven and after so many masters, the only master she would now serve was God. Bakita entered the Institute of St. Magdalene of Canosa, where she made her profession three years later. She took the name Josephine Bakita. She loved her faith, and she flourished as a religious sister. She once said, Be good, love the Lord, pray for those who do not know Him. What a great grace it is to know God. Josephine always had a beautiful smile on her face, but inwardly she struggled with the scars of her captivity. On her deathbed, after so many dark and painful years as a slave, she started to let the chains of her memories drag her down. She pleaded with Mary for assistance. As she neared death, a great peace came over her, and she called out her final words, Our Lady, Our Lady. Her ensuing smile gave testimony that Mary did not abandon her in her final hour and would indeed lead her to the loving arms of her Savior. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. 
And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Tom Dorian and I are sitting here with Peter Herbeck. Edge of our seats. That's right. Renewal Ministries, Peter Herbeck. And we've seen you on uh, some television, too, right? You're on Yeah, we do cross, on Crossing the Goal with uh, Danny Abramowitz, Curtis Martin, yeah. and Brian Patrick on EWTN. It's about really an enjoyable show, directed primarily to men, but not exclusively. Women watch that's it all right. the time. They write and tell us. And they then, want to know more about their men, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then uh, Choices We Face is, an, is a talk show that right. Ralph Martin started back almost 30 years ago now. Right. And uh, he and I kind of split the duties on that now. Now, so. where And you're also on the radio. How do we find you on yeah, the radio? Yeah, I do a daily radio show called Fire on the Earth. It's a 15-minute show. You can. It's on Avi Maria Radio. It's on most of the Catholic radio stations right. around the country right now, actually. Awesome. And... Uh, you can also listen to it on our website at renewalministries.net. Okay. All the TV shows and the radio shows are archived there. Right. So people can awesome. watch or listen right there on their computer or download, put it on your iPad or iPhone or whatever you do. Well, what iPod. an opportunity. Yeah, that's great. So, folks, go to renewalministries.net to do that. So, Peter, you were just telling us before the break, you were telling us about this story about this big guy. He's big. How big was he? I don't know. He was, Doug's about, probably about six only about six two and a half but he was very wide and very thick very okay. thick boned he was probably at the time 245 or something and then yeah, we three him too didn't you yeah we call him buffalo head because yeah. he just had this big head <laughs> See, and he, had, he was like no neck he had like no neck and it was like his <laughs> no, head went right into his shoulders you don't, don't have to describe him, him. you don't have to describe him if you just use the name <laughs> yeah yeah you know so yeah. bu- so but you know he was not he was not your average football player. he was a very bright guy and uh i think he was a 4-0 and academic all-american but he shut you down when you started to kind of you because obviously i know you were 20 years old 20 years old you yeah. obviously loved the lord at the time because you yeah. wouldn't have started sharing yeah your i faith, had about two unquote. years earlier i really come my faith had come alive because okay. prior to that i was not very interested in doing a lot of dumb things in my life but through a whole set of circumstances <laughs> i came to really embrace the faith after awesome. having so you wanted to it. share it with buffalo head yeah right? i did i did guy. and there was actually something going on on campus at the time there was a little bit of like a revival on campus right. all kinds of guys were getting touched by the lord awesome and it was just fun it was just a great time it was rich and it, the lord just seemed so present and it just seemed like a season of evangelization and i just wanted him to be a part of it somehow right get, but he get, shut you down for yeah, most, he did. most part until one he night did. he did yeah well one night we were we were both getting ready to go to bed it was about 11 o'clock at night or so uh and we had we had t- a two-room apartment and a hall kind of a wider hallway and our beds were in the hallway so they're kind yeah. of relatively close to each other and uh turned out the light and i was going to just quietly pray, pray a rosary and fall asleep and he uh after a few minutes, said, hey, Pete, turn on the lights. So I turned on the light and I said, what? And he just sat up in bed and he said, hey, is the devil real? And it was just an odd question out of yeah. the blue. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, the devil's real. Why? And he, at first he said, never mind, you know, yeah. just. And then he said, turn the light. So we turned the light off. I'm laying back down. I thought that was weird. You know, yeah. that was just a very <laughs> weird question. And then uh, a few minutes later, he said, uh, Pete, I said, what? He goes, turn the light on again. <laughs> and so I turned the light on. He goes, no, I'm going to ask you again. Is, is the devil real? Or like, really real? Like, can he mess with your head? And I said, yeah. Yeah. If, if you let him, he can mess with your head. And uh, I said, why? He said, because I think he's messing with my head. I said, what do you mean? And he said, you know, over the last month or last while, he said, I've been thinking about suicide. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know? Which totally shocked me because I knew this kid in high school and other things, and I don't remember ever, you know, that kind of stuff being an issue for and him. And he probably didn't look depressed or whatever. Uh, no, he did. He's an intense guy. Yeah, you know, he's got that. He's got an intense look to him. And so, uh, make long story short, I said, you know, Doug, I I don't I don't know if this is the devil. I don't know, uh, but it doesn't surprise me that if it would be, it wouldn't surprise me. But right. this much I know. 
I know I'm baptized, you're baptized. I said, I'm confirmed, you've been confirmed. And whether you believe it or not, we've got the life of Christ in us, and Jesus Christ has the power over the devil. He's broken the back of the devil. We have nothing to fear whatsoever. Uh, and I think if we pray, if it's the devil, he we can make him go away. But I'm going to stop you for a second, Peter, because that what you just said there is powerful, so powerful that I think most people who are listening probably don't realize that there's something. Uh, they don't realize the gifts that they've received, right through the, the the gifts of the Holy Spirit that come to us, you yeah. know, at confirmation, but also just that breath of God's life that comes to us at baptism that right. to prepare us for some of these. You know, absolutely, these things. just to being able to. To live in the freedom of Christ. You know, I was uh, recently reading Lumen Gentium 36, which is Lumen Gentium is a document on the church from the Second Vatican Council, right. maybe the primary document or close to one right. of the primary document, right? And so in it, I was just struck, having read it many times, I didn't notice it till recently, uh, they describe Jesus' victory over the, po- that they meaning the bishops of the right. world, describe Jesus' victory over the powers of sin and death and his, his victory on the cross uh, quoting Paul, who disarmed the principalities right. and powers, is what St. Paul said. He made a public show of the devil on the cross and destroyed his power forever. He said, and then he rose from the dead, and he's seated in power and glory at the right hand of the Father. And so they reminded us what Jesus himself said he would do when he met with the apostles after his resurrection in Luke's account, chapter 24. He said, look, what's happened to me, brothers, is... See, let's walk through the Old Testament. Everything that was supposed to happen to the Messiah has happened to me, mm. just as Scripture said. Now, he said, now is the time. He said, I'm going to give you the promise of the Father, and it's the Holy Spirit. And he said, I will clothe you with power. Then you will be my witnesses. So the essence of, and Pope Benedict did a great teaching on this, Jesus came to give the Spirit. That's what he came to right. do. That's the purpose he came. That's the for. promise he made before right. he left, too. Absolutely. Right? He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then you'll be my witnesses. What's that power? The same power, the indestructible life, the eternal life that was with the Father, John said, that's in Christ, that broke the power of death and sin and the devil. So Jesus transfers that power to us. He literally gives us a new power, his own life. That's why we can right. pass from life to, from death to life. And that's also why we have power and authority over the devil and his kingdom. And we just, so, we just do. So you're sitting there with Buffalo Head, right? And so, <laughs> yeah. so you're kind of helping, trying to convince him that, that you guys might have right. this so power. Right, so we're both in our jams, and he might not have been in his jams. He's wearing something. But anyway, I won't mention what he's wearing. So <laughs> Don't say boxers yeah, on the air. Yeah, he, yeah, he has big boxers on, I think. So anyway... Uh, I went over. I said, "I could, I could pray with you, Doug." You know, and uh, he said, "Okay." And he was eager to get prayer. And he sat, he sat on the edge of the bed, and I just came up to him, and I had never really done this before. And I just put my hand on his shoulder and one on his head. I said, "You just think about Jesus in some way, and I'll pray." And so I prayed out a prayer. I just said, "Jesus, I know that you're Lord, and you destroyed the devil, and I know you've given us power in baptism and confirmation, your Spirit, and we take authority. If there's anything here." Commanded to go away and leave Doug alone, you know. And I didn't see any sparks. I didn't. Nothing major happened from my right. perspective. We were ho- I was hoping that he would like lift up and spin right, around. Right, he's right. a big guy. Yeah, so. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, within the next few minutes, I was. He had his face in his hands, and I remember at a certain point, kind of leaning over and looking at him, and said, "You know, Doug, are you all right? What's happening? You know." And and he just looked up at me and he said, "You know, you don't see the light. You see the light." Oh, I said, amazing. "I don't see the light." 
What do you mean? He goes, no, this light is just filling me. As soon as you started praying, it's just filling my heart. I can see it right now. Why can't you see it? I said, I don't know why I can't see it. I don't see it, you know? And then he got up and went in the other room, and he, he happened to have a Bible that his mom gave him uh, that he never read. It was buried under a bunch of books in this big chest that he had. And he pulled it out, and he came in. And imagine this picture now. He's there in his boxers. I'm in my jams. And he's holding the Bible, and he's reading loudly. By the way, he, he was, at a certain point, had very high volume when wow. he was reading. He was so He's excited. Up. He yeah. was really fired up. And he was <laughs> reading passages from the New Testament. He goes, it's real. This is real. You know, at one point he actually got down on his knees and he was holding up his hands hmm. and he had the Bible in one hand and he just started saying, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. Kind of thing like that. You know, and yeah, I'm just a little mini, mini revival going yeah, on. Yeah, that's right kind of what it was. And yeah, so a bunch of other things happened that night. Uh, we ended up praying at a certain point. I wanted to go to bed because it was getting really late. I had to work the next morning and turn out the lights. And, and uh, he said to me again, turn the lights back on. So I did. And he said, hey, I think we're supposed to go over to the football stadium and pray for my friends on the football team. <laughs> and this was like 1230 at night or something. I can't remember exact time. And so we got our stuff on and it was a block and a half away. We went out to the 50 yard line and we looked at the main dorm that the guys lived in. Yep. The guys who were there, at least there for the summer who were doing workouts and stuff like that. And we we just shouted their names and we sang songs and we said Hail Marys and we did, you know, a bunch of things and pretty much did it till the sun came up and then went to Mass and went Amen. home and went to bed. Peter, that's fantastic. And, the, and the, I, I don't want to go back to the fact that, you know, you're a 20-year-old and you, yeah, you love the Lord, but you'd never done any of this kind of stuff before. No. And I, I think one of the things that it, it helped me, it was one of those steps for me to realize that. When Jesus said, you shall receive power, there really is power in us. Over, yeah. really, he's actually given us something. You know, the devil's not around every corner. Uh, the church doesn't take that approach. We're not right. supposed to spend a lot of time thinking about the devil. But we should never deny the devil's presence in the reality. He's part of the overall system of, of powers that are set against the kingdom of right. Christ. And what's in play in human history is eternal souls. Mm, yeah. Je- the Son of God came to earth and was took on human flesh to save those in human flesh who'd fallen from glory. Yep. And he fought the fight on in, on Calvary, and uh, that battle is still going on till he comes again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom is going to have no end. So uh, that's we believe as Catholics very clearly. What Jesus, we're living between the two comings of Jesus. He came the first time as a lamb to become a sacrifice for sin, to break the power of sin and death over us, and the power of the world of flesh and the devil. But this time's going to come to an end when he comes again in glory to judge the living and the dead. That's the time of the church. And as Pope Francis said recently, the church is born into mission. Every baptized Catholic needs to know and be able to say, I am a mission, is what he said. I am a mission. Amen. That's who I am. He said, that's my fundamental identity. He said, I love it. He goes, it's actually branded on me. Think about it that yeah. way. He mm-hmm. said, you are branded as a man or a woman born into mission in this brief time you have in human history here in the world. So Fantastic. Peter Herbeck and RenewalMinistries.net. That's yep. where they can go yep. see more about your yep. ministry and all the things that are going on, the shows you're on, mm-hmm. etc. You know what? Would you do us a favor and pray us out of here? Sure. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, you are Lord and Christ. All authority in heaven and earth belongs to you. You destroyed the power of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And you've come to set us free because you love us. Lord, we ask that we would be faithful to the commission you've given us in the power of your spirit to help set captives free. You've set us free. We want to help set others free for your glory. In the name of the Father, we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff... 
send an email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. <laughs>